Hi, everyone. It's Alan Schimmel, Editor-in-Chief at DevOps.com, here for another DevOps Chat. Uh, today's guest on DevOps Chat is Hugh Price of CA Technologies. Hugh, welcome to DevOps Chat. Hi, Alan. Nice to be here. Yeah, nice to have you here, Hugh. You, uh, if you wouldn't mind if you can give our audience a little bit. I, I've said you worked at uh, CA, but what, what do you actually? What's your title, and what what are you responsible for over at CA? Yeah, I'm a VP at uh, at CA. I was the managing director of Grid Tools, which a bunch of you may have heard of, where we kind of specialized in kind of all things test data. Uh, and latterly, we moved into kind of all things test case optimization and into test automation. My role at CA is, it's a bit of a, I'm kind of an evangelist, QA specialist practitioner. And it's, it, it's actually fitting quite well with the DevOps land of trying to, um, improve quality whilst improving speed at the same time, which is a bit of a magic trick. Um, but it can be done, and uh, you know no. it needs a, uh, it needs some new thinking. Um, uh, I would say that you know over the years uh, it used to be cost was the the top uh, driver for businesses, but now you know due to the sort of pressure of business, uh, you know it's all about competition and it's all about getting stuff to market uh, quickly, and you can't have poor quality code going out to customers because they'll just move to someone else. And I think that's really what's kind of driving a lot of our thinking at CA at the moment. Absolutely. And, and it is somewhat counterintuitive when I tell you you could go faster but have higher quality. And I'll, I'll even throw one more improbable into it and be more secure by doing that. Um, so Yeah, that's an interesting area. I, I, th I think actually what I'm finding now is that, you know, I, I'm a big big fan of doing everything in parallel, you know, um, the days of sort of sequentially, you know, waiting for one team to hand stuff off to the other. And and what we're finding is things things like performance testing and security testing are, you know, are kind of job one, you know, and you need to kind of build those in almost as functional requirements as you're building your, you know, designing your software, really. And mm -hmm. it, it, that sort of hopping from one, uh, from one piece of functionality or requirement to another seems to have vanished. Um, so it's, yeah. it's all hands to the pump, I think, at the moment is, is what I'm finding out there. Uh, it is a bit of a, of, a, of a Chinese fire drill, as they say. But out of chaos <laughs> comes order. And 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 that's yeah. kind of uh, the good news. So Hugh, I'm working with with you and your team, we're actually doing a webinar after the new year in, in January, and it, and it's centered about you know it's titled how to build the right automation, and and you and I were talking a little bit offline, of course, and you know the idea that you know you just automate for automation's sake, it, it, maybe that was a couple of years ago, but now we. We we're, we're trying to be smarter about yeah, designing absolutely. what's to be automated and how we do it. Why don't you can you share with our audience a little bit of maybe your insight into that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think you know, automation's got a bit of a bad press, and I, to be honest, I think rightly so. It's considered very fragile. You know, you only need a small change, a pop-up appearing on a screen, um, you know, some kind of slight uh, delay in a, in a network and suddenly the automation breaks and then everyone looks for the results and you spend days and days actually finding out that the program's fine or the functionality's fine, uh, but it was actually the automation script that was wrong. So, you know, that's the first problem. And the other one is the time it takes to build the automation in that, you know, 
uh, it's not uncommon for automation to be built three months after a sprint has finished, which of course means you're automating something that doesn't exist anymore, which which is which is not very continuous. Um, and you know the value of what you're actually doing is is pretty poor. So I, I think that is kind of the the backdrop of, of, of where people have been. Now they, they've sort of moved towards you know test driven development, behavior driven development, etc. Um, but they, but they still have the problem that you know actually maintaining the automation scripts, even if they're keyword or Gherkin, is still an issue because you know requirements don't exist anymore. They just change requests exist, and a change mm -hmm. request means you've got to go back through all of your existing automation and say, do I have to change all these automation scripts? Which ones do I change? Which ones are duplicates? Which ones make no sense? And that is a massive amount of work. I mean, I'll just give one example. Um, there is a, there was a bank in Canada, and basically for every single requirement change, they would go through every automation script by hand to see if it needed to be changed. So one change request took one tester all day to see if it impacted any existing automation scripts. So that's just one change request. So mm -hmm. how many testers do you have? How many automation guys do you need? How many change requests can you fit through that very narrow pipe? So I, I think that's where people, even with some of the new techniques, um, and I've got to say that the automation frameworks are becoming better, they're becoming more structured, they're becoming more, you know, sort of malleable, keyword-based, but they still don't really address the problem of, if I make a change to a requirement, how quickly can I update my automation framework? Excellent. Hugh, I want to talk to you a little bit about kind of the go-to-market with, with your group. So, you know, you're obviously probably dealing with mostly large enterprises. How does a large enterprise realize they have this problem? Is the problem one where, geez, we need help automating because they and they haven't even kind of crossed the threshold of, you know, we need to be smarter about automation? Is it because they're still at just the we need automation? Or is it organizations who have already, let's say, dabbled with automation and are now realizing, wait a second, this is just a, a, a giant cluster waste of time and yeah. we need help being smarter about automation? I think the answer is yes to all of them. I mean, even within the same organization, and I can think of one we're dealing with at the moment, um, you get such a, a sort of disparate set of skill sets, capabilities, uh, maturity models, and, and quite often we'll go into a large company and introduce teams to each other and say, do you realize you have a really nice um, sort of uh, keyword-driven framework sitting over here with a very clear object library? which you've got all this work and you're going off and building yet another Selenium framework, um, maybe you should guys should talk to each other, you know. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I just find that uh, we, we do a lot of, lot of sort of introducing introducing yeah. companies to other people in the same company, which is Sort of like fun. matchmaking, huh? Yeah, exactly, exactly. All that stuff. Interesting. Yeah. And I mean, just I'd like to add on that. I mean, I think what um, certainly what I do and uh, members of my team and uh, other people in the business unit are doing, uh, we, you know, we, we are genuinely hunting for best practice here. You know, this is not about us selling software anymore. This is about us. The, the, you know, the market is moving so quickly and this ability to be a sort of lightning rod of best practice amongst other companies is, you know, I th I, I, it's genuinely it's quite fun. And we're we're enjoying it, um, and you know we we do share around what we're finding out in the market in terms of 
you know what's good, what people are struggling with, um, and and I think it's it it hopefully we're bringing not just software to the market. It's more some 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 best practice thinking as well and I, and I think that's that's quite interesting I mean I, I've got to say that you know chatting with you when we, we met met in Vegas you know I learned a couple of things from you you know and, and I think that I find that when I talk to pretty much everyone and, and I'm trying to kind of feed that back um, you know whether that's by webinars or the direction of the software of, of how we build the software we're trying to just keep pushing the boundaries keep communicating keep thinking and I think that that's really it's, it's kind of fun. I mean, you know, we're really enjoying it at the moment. Absolutely. I, you know, I always tell people these are interesting times to be in the IT world with, I mean, there's just so much change happening and change, I think, in a good way, right? And new tools yeah. and, and trends and ways of doing yeah, things. Exactly. It, it is fun. It, it really yeah, is fun. And I, I, and I'll actually just, I'm going to take a slight tangent here. There was, I was listening to a, an agile coach talking, and, you know, and I agreed with 80% of what he said and disagreed with 20%. But then I, I challenged him and I said, so how can you, can you tell quickly whether an agile team is good or bad? And he said, if they're having fun, that's generally good. You know, yeah. and, and I think, you know, I think that's actually, I know everyone, everyone's into hero culture at the moment of charging around trying to get the release out the door at the last minute. And, you know, we, that's what we're trying to focus on is move away from the hero culture and actually getting that fun back into, you know, solving challenging problems and automating as much as possible and joining stuff up and getting feedback loops going and all that kind of fun things. Um, so it is, it's, as you say, very interesting times. Sure. Steve, let me ask you a, uh, I'm not being facetious, but a real question. Can we have too much automation? Um, Actually, that's interesting. Um, I did a presentation at StarWest, and I talked about risk-based testing. And I think um, it's, it's actually kind of touched on an interesting subject here. You know, the reality is, if you have a very stable system, uh, and you've got a bunch of very experienced programmers who, who are very good. You know, you run it through a code quality engine, and it's very solid and stable. And they also understand all of the data that flows in and out of it. The reality is that actually, you might not. You might need a very minimal amount of, uh, of automation to test that. Um, if you've got a lot, or you know, if you've got something that which is highly, highly active, I, I met an Indian company the other day. They've got one API which brings in 150,000 new customers a day. Wow! That API, I mean, that is staggering. 150,000. This is to yeah. do with the 4G rollout across India. Mm-hmm. That API, you know. I would be automating the hell out of that. You know, I, I you know, I would have so many automation scripts around that. I would have Docker images spun up in every different direction. I would have virtualization wrapped around it. I would have negative testing up the wazoo. You know, so that if you make a change, you you know, performance testing, you know, blaze meter, whatever it takes to make sure that that baby when you make the slightest change, you don't mess with it because if it's down for ten minutes, you know that's 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 five thousand customers. Yeah. You know? So you know, I, I think people have maybe should start thinking a little more sort of holistically and, and, and higher up in terms of the different levels of risk associated with it. Um, so I, I think that's one thing. And then the other one is the speed at which you can automate. I mean, what the reality is that what we do is we will generate out of a, we're very much into building a model of what the system should do. And 
you know, you could potentially build all your automation scripts before you've actually built the application. And we, yeah. I was doing some work with egg, Eggplant the other day, and we actually generated a whole bunch of uh, Eggplant scripts based off a, a Microsoft PowerPoint of what the system should do. So in other words, before the developers started, we've actually created the automation framework. Now, if that takes 15 minutes, great. You know, if it took three days, then it's a, a little bit of a trade-off, you know. So I, I, I think this balancing things up based on risk and also the technology that you have to hand, um, you know, uh, is 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 probably the two criteria you should you should start you know thinking about. Agreed, agreed. Um, Steve, as I had told you offline, you know the the time here goes incredibly quick, and we're coming up on our fifteen minute kind of uh, outside limit. I, I just want to bring it back home to the webinar. In, uh -huh. in in wrapping up, so I, I believe our webinar is scheduled for uh, late in the later half, latter half of January, and it is yes. called "How to Build the Right Automation." Um, yeah. For people who are listening right now, why why what? Give me two or three points why they really should make it their business to attend the webinar. I think firstly they've got to understand um, what they're automating. You know, um, if you look at most automation scripts, you're probably only covering about 5% of the functionality. We would look to automatically generate, you know, 85 to 90% of the functionality of the system, you know, in, in either the same time or less time. So I think that that's firstly, to really understand coverage, I think that's important. Um, the other one then is to think about that actually automation is not just about the scripts themselves. It's about getting the right test data and the right, I'm going to use the phrase virtualization, whether that's service virtualization or in message virtualization or, or, or sort of um, network virtualization or virtualization of environments. So trying to uh, create an environment such that your automation is actually testing the bit that you really want to test. You know, if you think of an end-to-end -end test, to get to something like a share trade close um, where you might have, say, 200 functional logic gates I need to test is actually really difficult because you've got to have all of the right bits around your automation to um, make sure that you're testing the right stuff. So better automation in terms of the design and also the assets uh, around the automation to make sure that you're actually testing the correct stuff. I think that's probably what I'm going to focus on during the webinar. Got it. Got it. Well, you know, obviously on DevOps.com we'll, we'll be uh, publishing links to the registration page for people who want to join us on that webinar. It sounds like it could be, uh, sounds like, you know, it'll, could be a great one if you, if folks yeah, are interested. Yeah, and it's lots of demos, uh, you know, I'll do a couple of slides, but I prefer to do demos. So oh, that's great. Most, Those are our best most, yeah. Most techies love to see stuff. Absolutely. We'll <laughs> so dive right in uh, here. Yeah. They'll give you a slide, but anything beyond that, they're just like, show me stuff, show me stuff. All right, so let's stay tuned to DevOps.com. I would imagine we'll probably have the landing page up within the next week or two as right. uh, we head into the holidays. Well, Hugh Price, I'm going to ask you one last question. Not a curveball or anything, but I, I usually ask a lot of our guests this. Uh, for our audience listening, one book that you would highly, highly recommend they read. Um, actually, there's a book called Model-Based Testing. Um, what we're discovering is that people are now moving pretty much, they're, they're realizing that without a model, it's very difficult to to proceed. And there's a book called, I think it's, uh, it's part, it's actually an adjunct book to the Model-Based Testing course. We're 
passing this out uh, to our customers now to kind of reset their thinking. You know, everything we do in life is a model. You know, you, everyone's making decision gates, logic gates, risk-based profiles. And I, 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 this is going down really well. People are, are really taking the time to read it. So um, we'll, I'll, 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 what I'll do is during the webinar, I'll, I'll put up the pages so people can go and get it. I can't remember the exact um, the exact title. It's called Model-Based Testing, the, the course guide or something like that. But, but I highly recommend that. Excellent. Hugh Price, thank you so much for being our guest on this episode oh, of DevOps Chats. Thank you. Uh, it was our pleasure. And we look forward to the uh, webinar, upcoming webinar, How to Build the Right Automation, uh, including demos. And uh, we'll have more information on that. And we hope to have you back on DevOps Chats soon, Hugh. Great. All the best. Thanks so much. All right. This is Alan Schimmel for DevOps.com and DevOps Chat. Thanks very much, everyone. And we'll see you on the next DevOps Chats.